Good morning. Thank you. It is good to be with you. You look great today. I don't know what you looked like last week, but today you look really good. Uh, my name's Randon, and as she said, and I am so excited to be with you. I, I've been able to come over, join you for a few services over the year. I was here when we dedicated the building. I was here at your anniversary, uh, your 10-year anniversary and things like that, but I've never been with you on a Sunday morning, and I am excited to be here today. Um, tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm married uh, to uh, uh, this, the most beautiful woman in the whole world. She's smart. She's intelligent. She's anointed. She's gifted. This is my wife right here, Lindsay, uh, in the, the blonde hair. Wave at everybody. And I know what you're thinking. How did you convince her to marry you? Uh, and I, well, I tied her up and left her in a room long enough that she had no choice. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Y'all okay today? We're going to have a good time? All right. Uh, I believe we ought to have a lot of fun when we come to church. We ought to leave feeling full of joy. Uh, Okay, so I want to have a good time today. Uh, The first service didn't want to have a good time, but we had it anyway. (laughs) I have two kids. I was married 13 years ago. I have two kids. I have a 12-year-old daughter. Her name is Kennedy, and uh, she is absolutely amazing, loves God. She's a leader in her youth ministry. Uh, This has been a transition for me. I was in youth ministry for over a decade, traveled the world doing youth ministry, uh, and man, all of a sudden, I'm the parent dropping my kid off at youth service, sitting in the parking lot in the car going, is he going to preach forever? I don't, I don't know if any of you know about that, but like, God, come on, and uh, that's me now, the, the old guy in the parking lot, but I'm so proud of, of my daughter, and I have an eight-year-old son. Uh, he is, his name is Randy. He was named after my father. Many of you know my father, uh, Bishop Randy Clark, and so uh, Randy is his namesake, and man, these kids are just amazing. My son, uh, he's, he's, he's a very interesting kid. He's a very serious boy. He, he loves to have fun, but he's very serious when it comes to things of God. I mean, he will sit on the front row and, and listen to every word of a sermon that is preached. And I kid you not, we'll be driving down the road weeks later, and he'll quote me in a sermon. And I, I don't even remember what I said. And he's like, don't you remember, Dad? You said, you know, this and that. And, and he, is, he is so uh, serious about it. I love this kid. Um, my family's amazing. I am so blessed. We, we, when we're not doing church, we're doing baseball and softball. Uh, that's what we do. We do uh, Jesus and baseball uh, is pretty much it. My daughter is uh, an incredible softball player. Uh, she's actually going to be playing in a national tournament this next week, and so we're looking forward to that. My son is a baseball player. He's a pitcher. He's eight years old, so he played up against nine and ten-year-olds this year, and uh, so he made, uh, not just on his select team, but on his, his league team, he made eight-year-old all-stars, nine-year-old all-stars, and they wanted him on the ten-year-old all-star team, and we said, no, two is enough. So he was, he was pitching uh, for his nine-year-old team, and he was, he was throwing a shutout. He was, I mean, he was absolutely just mowing this team down. It was a pretty good team, and uh, the news was there. And so they got him on the news, and they, uh, they, they played it on the news. When he saw that, you could not fit his head in a helmet. It wouldn't, it wouldn't go on. It just wouldn't go on. He was showing everybody. He wanted everybody. Did you, did you show everybody my, my news clip, Dad? Did you say, son, it's on Facebook and Instagram. The whole world saw it. Okay, I just want to make sure. Uh, but, but man, he just loves God. Actually, right now, they would be with me today. But it, it, my mom, his grandmother, convinced him 
to join her. She's doing some kind of program with kids and teenagers today at, their, at our campus in Sugarland, And so he's playing the drums. My son thinks he's awesome. He is not. <laughs> but he's going to play them with all of his heart. He does not have a confidence problem, I promise you. He's just... He's like, yeah, I'm going to play. And he, so he, we've been practicing his, his one end is all week. I said, son, don't. He's like, I need, a, I need you to teach me an interlude, Dad. I'm like, son, you can't even spell interlude. Just, just go one end to two end all the way through the song, and you'll be fine. And uh, if, if you're a musician, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, so, man, that's where my kids are today. They're with their grandparents. He came home. We practiced for hours. I mean, we practiced he drove us all crazy, and I finally said, you know what? Your nene really needs to see you, and she wants to help you practice this, so get out of my life. <laughs> Man, um, so that's my family. Uh, we, we pastor Triumph. We're co-pastors of Triumph Church, uh, specifically over the Nederland and the Beaumont campus. I was born and raised there. Started in 1983. My parents started the church. It's pretty much all we've known is ministry. My wife's a pastor's kid. I'm a pastor's kid. We actually met at a conference for pastors kids and um, true that's a true story it was at the the um, uh, what's the name of that hotel in Dallas the Weston Oaks Galleria in Dallas and uh, I was I was hosting the conference and preaching at the conference and I was helping some some people get unloaded and get checked in and I looked to my right and there were some escalators down there and suddenly the world stopped turning a light shone straight there, and the angels were singing. And then uh, there came uh, Lindsay down the escalator, and, and my life was forever changed. It was, it was awesome. So uh, that's us. Uh, we, we, just, we just love God. We love the people of God. Uh, we, we love, you know, when, when we're... One of the things that God uh, just hit me with a few years ago is... Uh, Randon, you never stop being a pastor. So when you're playing, when you're on a softball field or you're coaching or uh, you're baseball or whatever you're doing, you're at the grocery store, you're pastoring everywhere you go. And so we, we realize that ministry is not just for the four walls of the church, but it's just supposed to be out there. And I could never ask our people to do what we were unwilling to do. And, uh, and so it's pretty amazing that how, how God's allowed us to really pastor people outside the walls of the church and, uh, and, and just be, be real Christians. It's, in, it's incredible. I highly recommend it. It's addicting. Um, so I, I was praying about what I wanted to share with you today. And uh, I had a, a, a series that I just finished uh, a few weeks ago, and it was called I Pity the Fool. And I, and I thought, man, I'm going to preach uh, on that because I absolutely loved it. Uh, and, and everyone left mad at me every week. It was fantastic. Um, but it wasn't my fault. I just read the scripture and they got mad at me. I said, listen, don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. I just, you know. Uh, but then it was so good, I decided that I'm not going to preach that to you. I'm going to write a book and let you buy it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Now, I wanted to share uh, some verses with you that that have really, God's man, he's just really been uh, speaking to me about them uh, through, throughout the year. And God's been uh, just dealing with me. They, just, they were just working in my spirit, and I knew that God wanted to say something about them. Uh, and then I, I started putting some pieces of the puzzle together, and God really opened uh, my eyes. Libby, how you doing? Good to see you. Sorry. Long-time friends. 
I've got some more around here, but they're, they're not here today. I don't see them yet. And I'm going to be texting them and say, why did you miss church today? The one time in, what are we at, 11 years of Celebration Church, I come preach and you're not here. You know who you are. If you're listening online, you know who you are. Um, and uh, so uh, I want you to grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 6. Uh, just for the record, if you want to follow along with me with, with notes, I love giving people notes, things to take home. Uh, it helps me a lot. I, I like note takers. I like people who take notes, but not everyone wants to go through the effort, so no worries. We put it on the app for you. Here's the instructions if you want to follow along. Number one, you open the app and you click notes. From there, it's pretty easy. Follow along and fill in the blanks. It's really tough. I mean, I know that, you know, it's summer. Our brains are on shutdown right now. Then you can insert your own notes and thoughts. If you write something crazy, don't give me credit for it. And then once you're finished, you can email your notes to yourself. It's a fantastic uh, thing. Uh, Look on your Celebration Church app there, and you can follow along with us. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me, if you will, to Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. Verse 22. If you're there, say amen. Amen. I like you guys already. Verse 22, then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. If I say special. special. When God says he wants to do something special for me, I'm all ears. I'm all in. I don't know what it is, God, but if it's special for me, I want it. You know, I, I think there, uh, you know, we, we, we spend our life, uh, you know, giving away. That's the nature of God is to be a giver. But man, when it comes to some of this stuff in the scripture, some of these promises, and he says it's for me, I want to be a taker. Yeah. So when he says, man, I've got a special blessing for you, I'm like, you know, y'all get out of the way. This was just for me. I know you think this was for y'all, but God said this was just for me. So I'm listening, God. I'm all ears. Special blessing. How many want a special blessing from God today? All right. I see. I told you I like you. Y'all follow instructions. It's amazing. Here's what he said. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. And whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. How many of you recognize these words? Uh, Week after week, it's it's my understanding that your pastor stands before you and blesses you before you go. Uh, I want to give you some understanding of when he says these words, exactly what he's saying over your life. Because at first read, they sound really good. But when you understand what God is really saying to you, you won't want to leave without getting this blessing every week. You won't want to leave ever again. You're going to want this blessing in your life. A um, couple of interesting things to note here about this blessing, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the Word. First of all, it was given as a, as a benediction. It was given as a benediction. And God said to the, the, the priests, He said, I want them to say it exactly the way I tell you to say it. Oftentimes, he would tell us to bless people. He would tell the priest to bless people or uh, a father would bless a son. And they could say kind of whatever they felt, whatever they wanted, whatever they saw for their future or their life. But in this instance, God says, I want you to use these specific words, specific words. 
And, and he said, I want you to do it at the end of the service or the sacrifice or the meeting or whatever else is going on. Why the end? Because God didn't want these blessings just to exist while you're in church on Sunday morning. But God wants you to take these blessings with you. And when you go out those doors and you go into the world and you go to work tomorrow and you go to the grocery store and you go to school and and you're driving down the road and you're struggling with with a little road rage, God wants these blessings on your life. They're they're not just for in here. They're for out there. They're to change the way you live in the world. So he said, I want you to do it as a benediction. And I want you to use these words specifically. Don't mess them up. Don't add to them. Just say these words. And and, and you're just, all you are is a mouthpiece for what I'm already doing. When I was in Washington, D.C. earlier this year, I, I had the chance to go and visit some of my friends, uh, uh, pastors Damon and Christine Scapin, uh, when we're starting a church there, uh, Triumph DC, and man, they're doing just doing an amazing job. They're right in on Capitol Hill, and uh, tough place to start a church. I don't know if you've ever been to DC, but just just know that they don't want churches there. They just don't. And it's, it's, so it's been very difficult. We had a great time. Got to spend some time with them, spend some time with their family. We ended by having a pastor's conference. We had about 150, 160 pastors gathered from all over the country and uh, some from around the world. And we were able to pray for our nation. We went to the Capitol. Uh, we prayed on, on the floor of the House of Congress. We, we prayed on the floor of the Senate. Um, we learned the history. It was an amazing time. We prayed and worshiped uh, while we were in the rotunda, and uh, we, we sang several songs uh, while we were there, Amazing Grace, and just, just li- and, and with people walking all around going, what is going on right here? It was, it was incredible, incredible time. Well, while we were there, there was a, a well-known pastor that was speaking to us, and he gave us, and he just breezed over them really quickly as an encouragement to pastors. And I jotted them down and made a note to study them later, which I did. But he gave us six diseases of the soul, six uh, soul sicknesses. Now, if you notice this word disease, if you don't know what the word disease means, we, also, we often think it means an illness, and sometimes it is. Uh, but the actual word is, is two words put together. It means dis and ease. So it's anything in your life that takes away from the ease of your life. You tracking with me? Uh, diseases aren't just necessarily a bacteria or a viral or some kind of bug that you get, but it's things that take away from the ease that God wants you to have in your life. It becomes a dis-ease. That's where we get the word from. And so he said, I, I, he gave us uh, six diseases of the soul. You can find these, and uh, he actually got them from a, from a study in the American Psychology Association back in the 80s and 90s. In my studies, I, I found that uh, there were anywhere from five to eight. Sometimes people would split a few of these. Sometimes they'd put them together. But pretty much you find these six consistently uh, across the board. And, and here they are. Uh, six things that can that can really affect our life in a negative way. Number one is despair. Despair. Everybody say despair. Despair, despair is when you have your hope is lost, your courage is lost. Um, you just you're down. Nothing seems to be going right. Um, you, you, you know, struggling with a reason to get out of bed. Um, depression 
comes from despair. I don't know if you've ever known someone that was depressed, like really depressed, or you've ever been really depressed, um, but you, you just, yeah, yeah, just no reason. Everybody says, come on, man, get up, let's go do something. And it's like, I don't even feel like it. I don't even know why. It's not worth it. We've lost our hope. Number two, it's fear. Fear. Many types of fear. Fear in and of itself is not a bad thing, but a spirit of fear is. And if a spirit of fear wants to control us, it wants us to keep us from living life the way God intended it to, intended us, uh, us to. Uh, some fear is good. And you say, well, I, I'm not scared of anything. You should be scared of some things. If I take you up to the top of a five-story building and I say, walk over the edge, and you say, no, I don't want to. Why? Because I'm afraid that if I do, I'm going to die. You probably will. So it's a fear that keeps us from making major mistakes in life. But when a spirit of fear comes in, it paralyzes us and it frees us, and it doesn't allow us to live the way God intended for us to live. You understand the difference? So fear of the unknown, fear of people, fear of failure, fear of small spaces, uh, fear of spiders, all types of fears that we have in our life. Number three is inferiority, inferiority. This is a feeling where we have a loss of significance, where we feel like uh, everyone around us is better than us. We're inferior to the people around us, to the world around us. We're less than. We're not worth anything. Uh, when, you, when you hear words like unworthiness, they come from inferiority. Number four, guilt or shame. This is what we feel after we have done something. We've made some type of mistake. Maybe we did something or said something. Or maybe we should have done something that we didn't. Should have said something that we didn't. We feel guilt or shame. That's number four. Number five, you okay this morning? Resentment. Resentment is what we feel when people have done things to us. When the world does something to us that we feel was undeserved or too harsh or wrong in some way, we feel resentment. And so guilt or shame is based off what we have done. Resentment is based off what has happened to us. And number six is anxiety. This is where we get stress and worry, uh, where we're anxious about things. But God doesn't want us to be anxious, uh, but, but yet anxiety is something that affects our soul. You know, God is serious about your soul. In fact, he's trying to save your soul. Your soul is your heart. It's your mind. It's your psyche. It's your way of thinking. And God is after that. He wants to protect it and he wants to save it. And yet there are these six diseases which break it down that make us miserable from the inside out. Sometimes it's because of what's going on in our life around us, but other times it's just because we're, you know, we have this disease that is affecting us. The enemy is attacking us in our heart, in our soul, in our minds. As I read these and I studied them, I said, God, there, there, there has to be another way. Because, you know, there's a pill for most all of these. And I'm not against pills. I'm not against medication. I'm not against doing what your doctor says. You say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take medication. Well, listen, let me tell it to you like this. Have you ever heard the story about the guy that was on his roof in the middle of a flood? He prayed God to save him. So a guy came by in a canoe, and he said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. So a guy came by in a boat, and he said, no, I'm waiting on God to save me. And then a guy came by in a helicopter, and he said, uh, no, I don't need help. I'm waiting on God to save me. And then he died in the flood. He got to heaven. He said, God, I thought you were going to save me. He said, I sent a canoe and a boat and a helicopter You didn't take any one of them. Listen, do what your doctor tells you to do, right? That's just my opinion. If your pastor doesn't agree with that, you can throw that out. (laughs) I I mean, we should should go, you know, God gave us doctors, gave us medicine. He gave us intelligence. We ought to utilize it, right? 
but there's, there's got to be another way. There's got to be some something in Scripture because I find that every challenge in life, God has a plan in Scripture somewhere. And so as I read Numbers chapter 6, God revealed to me His plan from thousands of years ago on how to deal with these six soul diseases. And if you're experiencing any of these, maybe you're here today and as I'm just running through these very quickly, you're like, oh man, I have felt that. Oh man, I'm going through that right now. Oh, I know somebody that's going through that. I, I want to help you with that. And we find it in Numbers chapter 6. Um, it's, in context here, it's, it's really amazing how God has been speaking in the Torah here. And, and he's, been, uh, so he's been speaking through Moses and, and writing down. He's giving laws. And he's giving you know, how to treat people. How to drill, deal with criminals, how to handle setting up camp and tearing down camp, what to do with your animals, what not to do with your animals, what to eat, what not to eat, the Nazarite vow. He's gone through all of these things, and suddenly he inserts this special blessing. And here's why I believe he, he does it. He didn't have to do it right there. He could have done it anywhere. But right there, I believe he does it because so often in Christianity, we can get caught up in the things that God is telling us not to do. We feel like God is just a list of rules. Do this, don't do that. Act this way, don't act that way. Say this, don't say that. Worship like this, don't worship like that. Wear this, don't wear that. Uh, Go here, don't go there. And we end up with a whole lot of just a list of rules in Christianity. And God says, let me just insert this here. Because I uh, apparently God is not just about laws, but he is about uh, his blessings and he is about presence. Don't, don't make no mistake about it. God is about direction, and He is a God of laws, but He's also about blessing, and He's about presence. So He stuck it right in the middle. By the way, in the midst of teaching each, everyone how to live, tell them I want a special blessing for them. Here we go. Are you ready, you ready to launch into this thing? Yes. He uses uh, the word, and if, if they'll put my scripture up on the screen for me, He uses the word Lord three times here. Three times. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord smile on you. May the Lord show you his favor because it's broken up into three parts, uh, three sections. There's actually six blessings here, but broken up into three different sections. And he uses the word Lord. He uses uh, the word Yahweh, not Elohim, because Elohim was one of the names of God, but it, w- it represented um, uh, the power and the might and the justice of God. But uh, the word Yahweh represented the love and the mercy of God. Why three lords? Because there are three parts of the Godhead. And we see in this blessing the work of God the Father, the work of God the Son, and the work of God the Holy Spirit. You see all three of them right here in this blessing. Long before Jesus hit the earth and long before the Holy Spirit was, was, was given to the world uh, on a, on a, as a gift, we see the work of all three of them right here in this blessing. Now I want you to note this as well. Notice how many U's there are. There are six U's in this scripture. Uh, May the Lord bless you and protect you and smile on you and be gracious to you and show you his favor and give you his peace. Six U's. How many soul diseases did we have? Six. Wait a second here. Now something is about to click. But this word you, it's very important. And I I don't want to go any further without making sure you get this. The word you here... Um, we use this in a number of different ways. 
I can say, it's good to see you speaking to all of you, right? That's the plural form. We're all together, and I'm speaking to you collectively. It's good to see you. Or I can use it in a singular version. I can say to my longtime friend Isaiah here, Isaiah, it is really good to see you today. Same word, one is plural, one is collective, one is for all of us. You might in Texas say, y'all. Or I can say it to my friend and I say specifically, it's good to see you. Same word used in different ways. This word is the individual specific form, singular form of the word you. Why is that? Because in a group on a Sunday morning, we can be sitting here on a pew listening to an amazing preacher share the word of God. Come on now, I'm kidding. I got all quiet on me. And, but seriously, we could be here listening to our pastor, and he could be speaking to us, and God is saying something, but we can the whole time be going, that's for the person down the row. That's, that's for the life group leaders. That's for the youth pastor. That's not for me. I don't deserve it. But God said, no, no, no. I want you to get this right up front. I am speaking to you. So, Pastor, you don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't need to. God does. And he still wanted to speak these words to you. He still wanted to say right to you, wherever you are, whatever you're going through today, whatever you're facing, maybe it's with you, maybe it's with your kids, maybe it's with your family or a friend or at work, whatever it is, God is speaking these words over you specifically. Here they are. Number one, may the Lord bless you. We first see here the work of God the Father, the work of God the Father. He, he wants to bless us. Uh, this addresses the issue of despair. Remember, despair was a loss of hope, um, a loss of, uh, of courage, just, just kind of giving up depression. You know, we're, we're down. Everyone else is going well, but my life is not going well. There's no reason to hope. And yet God the Father says, I want you to understand, forget what's going around in the world. I want to bless you. I want to, I don't have to bless you. I want to bless you. May, may the Lord bless you. He, it's his great desire. It's his great love to bless you. I, I want you to turn to the person sitting next to you and say, God wants to bless you today. Look back at him and say, really? Absolutely. God wants to bless you. And when you came here today, he came in excited and he was sitting here ready when you walked in and he said, oh, that's where you're going to sit. I'm ready to go. And when you sat down, he said, oh, today is going to be a good day in your life because I want to bless you. He wants to bless you. So when despair is taking over and depression is taking over, you just say, for I know the plans that God has for me, plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me, me a hope and a future. This is the posture of God the Father that he wants to bless you. And you got to get this in your mind right up front. God wants to bless me. He's not mad at me and he's not angry at me. He's not trying to punish me. He wants to bless me. I don't care what the world says. My God wants to bless me like a father wants to bless his son. So number one is God wants to bless you. It's a simple desire. Um, He has in mind our greatest and our highest good. Doesn't mean that everything's going to go well all the time. But you've got to know that God is always looking to bless you. 
happiness and comfort and wealth. They're great things, and they often are connected to the blessings of God, but that's not all of the blessings of God. Number two, he wants to protect you. Again, this is the work of God the Father, and his protection addresses the issue of fear. God is saying, listen, I'm looking down. I created the heavens. I created the earth. I created you. I created everything around you. And I am watching over you to protect you. About a month or so ago, I was actually uh, just north of here in in Conroe playing uh, a, a softball tournament with my daughter. We left out of there late Saturday night. And I had my wife and my son with me. And we drove to Sugarland to speak at our Sugarland campus. And my parents were out, and and so I was preaching. uh, It was my week to preach there. And so no one was in the house. It was just the three of us. And as we pulled in the house, my son realized no one else is home. It was late at night, and he said, Dad, can I make a pallet at the end of your bed? Well, why? Because my 8-year-old is in a new house. It's dark. It's scary. He's fearful. And so he went to his father and said, Will you protect me? Will you watch over me? I, of course, said, Absolutely not. (laughs) This is what God is saying. He's saying, I want to protect you and watch over you. There's a great verse of Scripture that, you know, uh, we used to, when I was growing up, we used to sing this. uh, I I didn't sing. My friend Amy Beard, who who works at uh, Lakewood, used to sing this song. It was called My Help. Some of you may have heard it. It came from these verses right here. Can I read it to you? Because I think it gives such a great picture of the protection of God our Father. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble, and the one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. What is he saying? While you're sleeping, Israel, I'm protecting you. Hey, hey, uh, Celebration Church, while you're not paying attention, while your guard is down, I've got your back. That's what God is saying to you. When you go out into the world and, and the world is against you and coming at you, he said, don't worry about it. I am watching over you. The Lord himself watches over you. Listen, I have worked my guardian angel to death in my life. But I don't worry because when my guardian guardian angel falls asleep, God himself is watching over me. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. No matter if it's night or day, nothing is coming at me because God is watching over you. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and as you go, both now and forever. Here's what he's saying. I can never run out of the protection of God. So it deals with the issue of fear because God wants to protect me. Uh, You know, Paul said it like this. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I can have those things because my God is protecting me. When the world around me is saying, why aren't you afraid? You have every reason to be afraid. The world is coming to an end. I'm not afraid because my God is watching over me. 
That's the role of God the Father. He, he, he is postured to bless us and to protect us. We go on to number three. I love this one. May the Lord smile on you. Anybody reading the New King James Version here today? Okay, a few of you. All right, I'll pray for you. Um, I'm just kidding. I love the New King James. Uh, he says this. May he make his face to shine upon you. His smile addresses the issue of inferiority. Now I want you to note here, we're talking now about the work of Jesus, the Son. Inferiority, what are we talking about? In the Hebrew, when they wrote, um, the words carried with them pictures. So they would use a word to describe some, in some, some bigger picture of what was going on. And that's what God is doing right here. He says, my, may his face, may the Lord smile on you. Here's the picture. Uh, Twelve years ago, uh, I had my daughter. Lindsay and I were married 13 years ago. We were going to wait five years to have babies. We made it five months, and we were pregnant. <laughs> I was young. I didn't know anything about babies. I, I didn't know anything about being married, much less having a baby. Uh, I had no money. I was broke. I, I don't change diapers. When, when I was growing up, my dad told me, son, you're going to work in every department of this church. So I did. I went to work for every department of the church. I made it one week in the nursery, and they said, thank you. Your services are no longer required. And <laughs> I don't do babies. I just don't do babies. And here I am. I'm scared to death. I'm 21 years old. And, I, man, like, I don't know what's going on. Lindsay goes in. We go in on Monday morning. They induce um, by Wednesday at, at lunch, things were not working. Um, she had to have an emergency C-section. It was a really rough time. She goes in. The epidural wasn't working any longer, so they had to put her completely under to do the C-section. So they, we have the baby. They do the C-section. Lindsay is in the back in recovery. You know how you do after a surgery. And it's just me and one nurse in the nurse's station and my, and my daughter, Kennedy. Okay, now you have to put this into context. The, the nurse's husband had just split our church and taken 300 families a year or so before and said some very evil things uh, about our family. She was amazing. But here she is. I don't know what's going on. It's me and her and my daughter, and she's like roughing up the baby and doing all this stuff, you know. My daughter is screaming like crazy, and I don't know what's going on. I'm crying. I'm like, what are you doing to my kid? You know, and I don't want to think evil thoughts of her, but I'm remembering all the stuff her husband said. I'm like, are you like getting back at us by my daughter? I don't know what's going on. Now, she was amazing. She's an incredible lady. I absolutely love her. She was a great nurse, but I didn't know what was going on. And then they hand me this daughter. Now, listen. Uh, when, when Lindsay was pregnant, it, it was not the greatest of pregnancies. Thing, you know, we, we had issues. I didn't love this little girl while we were pregnant. She was just like m messing up my life. <laughs> I didn't want kids yet. And yet suddenly, this, this wonderful nurse hands me this daughter. I don't even know how to hold her. I'm like, what, you know, and I'm doing this whole thing and I'm shaking. And I look down at Kennedy for the first time. Can you remember that moment, parents? Something shifted just like that. My daughter hadn't done anything to deserve my love. She hadn't done anything for me to be proud of her. She was just born and didn't do a good job at that.
And yet, when I looked down at her, there were emotions and words that I couldn't even describe. This is the picture that God gives us. He said, I look down on you as I'm looking down on my kids. You don't deserve my love. You haven't earned it. That's not the point. I love you just because you're mine. I want you to leave here today knowing that God is looking and you are making him smile, not because you've earned it, just because you're his kid. How do, we, how do we become a child of God? Remember I told you this starts the work of Jesus the Son. We are children of God because of what Christ did for us. Look what, the, what Scripture says here in John chapter 1. He being Jesus came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But watch this. But to all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. What you did in life, what you did last week does not disqualify you from being a child of God. We just have to believe Him and accept Him as Lord and Savior, as the very Son of God, and then we too become sons and daughters of God. We are children of God. And so when He looks down on us, He is looking down on us, and we make God smile. you got to get that picture in your life. You make God smile. Look, I love the way the Living Bible says it. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. You're not inferior. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. God thought about you for a long time before he made you. In fact, it was thousands of years in the making to set you just like you are. And he created you and shifted you and he put you in just the right place because you were fearfully and wonderfully made and he knows everything about you and he's proud of you and he loves you. But I don't deserve it, Pastor. That's not about that. You just are a child of God and therefore he radiates with joy because of you. Well, let's keep moving. That's just too good. All right, number four. And be gracious to you and be gracious to you. His grace addresses the issue of guilt and shame. Again, this is the work of God the Son. We have all sinned, and we all fall short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. None of us are without fault. If we were there with the adulterous woman, when, when Jesus says, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone, none of us could have picked up a rock. Amen. And yet, Titus 2 and 11, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. We all have access to the grace of God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. He goes on to say in chapter 3, verse 7, because of his grace, he declared us righteous and gave, it us, gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. The grace of God is free to all. It is a gift to you. He wants you to have it. He came to the earth. He died on a cross so that you could have the grace of God in your life. Say, well, Pastor Rannon, I don't deserve it. You know what? That's the very definition of grace, giving you what you don't deserve. 
You, you don't deserve salvation. You don't deserve His righteousness. You don't deserve His blessings. Guess what? None of us do. And yet, because of the graciousness of God, the grace of God in our life, we can receive what God has already done for us. So when He says, and be gracious to you, it's because of the, it's the work of Jesus in your life. Well, let's move on. May the Lord show you his favor. If you're reading again for you New King James people, may the Lord lift up his countenance among you. His favor addresses the issue of resentment. Again, he gives us a word picture here. Um, Did you ever, when you had young kids, they first started crawling or toddlers bouncing around, and you, you know how kids are at that age. They think the world revolves around them. And so the moment you take their snack away from them or you take their toy away from them or another kid takes their toy or something that happens that they don't want it, they go to screaming and crying and throwing a fit and their world is coming to an end because of what someone else did to them. Right? Here's what God says. In that moment, he said, my favor, this is what it's like. It's like when you pick up that child and you raise them up and you say, Omni. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's why I don't sing. Um, so you know when you took your kid and he was really upset and so you kind of threw him up in the air a little bit and you kind of play with him and you throw him up and you'd catch him and you'd throw him up and you'd catch him and suddenly that little kid was not worried about the snack he didn't have or the toy he didn't have because in that moment he has the favor and the full attention of his father or of his mother and you're locking eyes and you're face to face and you're playing and now he doesn't care what's going on in the world he doesn't care about what's happening to him because his total attention is on the father and the father's total attention is on him this is the picture he gives when my favor comes upon you it's not about what happened to you in your world yes it was wrong yes it was terrible i know it hurt i know it was bad but here's what god said i want to lift you up out of that mess and i want to give you my full attention and my favor is upon you and it's setting you apart and, and, and it's communicating to us the intimacy of a father and a child that's going through difficult times that's what he wants to do for you I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you're going through a trouble in your life and you feel uh, resentment uh, burning within you because of what people have done to you. But allow God to lift you up and give you His favor. Focus on you and your life. May the Lord show you His favor. Psalm 31, He says, I've been scorned by my enemies and despised by my neighbors. My friends won't even come around. They run the other way. I'm ignored. Rumors are circling around me uh, uh, because about me. And, and people are trying to take me out. But in verse 16, here is the solution. Let your favor shine on your servant and your unfailing love rescue me. That's what God says. I want my favor to shine on you. What does this have to do with the work of the Holy Spirit? Well, very simply... Um, Here's what God said. Jesus said it like this. He was on the earth. You imagine Jesus himself is walking among you. And and he's standing here preaching to you today. And he says, it is to your advantage that I go away so that the helper can come. The work of the Holy Spirit is 
is the very favor of God at work in your life. It sets you apart. Think about it, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it's, it's favor. The, 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 the extraordinary gifts of the Holy Spirit, the working of miracles, that's not because of you. That's because of the favor of God. Uh, words of wisdom, when you don't know what to do and he gives you a word of wisdom, if, if you don't operate in that gift, you pray today that God would give it to you. That gift helps me more in my life. There's so much gray in our world, but the Holy Spirit will cut right through with words of wisdom. That's the favor of God. When you're at work and you don't know what to do and a word of wisdom hits you, don't don't say, look how smart I am. Say, thank you, God, for showing me your favor. It sets you apart. The working of miracles, the gift of healing, prophecy, interpretation, and tongues, and, and all those things, all these gifts of the Holy Spirit at work in your life. He said, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's the favor of God helping you in your life. And God said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, and I'm lifting you up from the mess and the stuff that's going on around you. I'm separating you from that, and I'm communicating my favor to you by giving you the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, if you've not received the gift of the Holy Spirit as a person who loves you and wants to be at, at work in your life and wants to walk with you and be with you every day, you need, don't leave here without him today. Yeah. Don't leave here without him. You need the Holy Spirit. Well, let's keep going. I'm almost done. Number six. And give you his peace. His peace addresses the issue of anxiety. God doesn't want you to live in stress and in worry, but he wants you to live in peace. Jesus even said, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Why did he say that? Because he could see all around him the worry on people's face, the stress on people's face. Stress is not a new thing. It's been around for thousands of years. And God said, I don't want you to be stressed out. I don't want you to be worried. I don't want you to be anxious. I want to give you my peace. The word here is shalom. It's not just the absence of hostility, but it's God's word for wholeness, goodness, and total satisfaction in life. Remember, it's the work of the Holy Spirit. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, and peace among others. It's it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When he's at work in your life, you receive the peace of God. I love what Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. And long before he answers your prayers, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I love the Message Bible. Here's how he says it. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. If you're dealing with stress and worry and anxiety this morning, I want you to know that the peace of God is available to you. So the father blesses and protects his children. The son makes his face to shine on us and brings us grace. The Holy Spirit communicates God's attention and his favor, and he gives us peace. Then we close. Verse 27, whenever Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, the English Standard Version says it like this, so they shall put my name on the sons of Israel. God wants to put his name on you. When he prays this prayer over you, he's putting his name on you. Why is that important? Because when God puts his name on you, it identifies you with you with who he is and all of his nature. See, everything that I have, I want to give it to you. Everything that I have, I want to put it on your life. 
I, I, I want you to be like me. I want you to live like me. I want you to walk like me. I want you to be free like me. I want you to be full of the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I want you to have all these things. But not only that, when God puts his name on you, it means that his presence is with you. Remember, this was done as a benediction, so when you, when you leave this place, well, we went to church, and God was really good. He was really there today. I hope he's there next week. See you later, Lord. See you next Sunday or next Wednesday. No, no, no. I said, I want to put my name on you. And everywhere that you go, my presence is with you. My authority is with you. My power is with you. My favor is with you. My grace is with you. My goodness is with you. It's all with you. God wants to put his name on you. I want to pray this prayer over you today. And I know that normally your pastor does uh, this. But, but one last thing, and, and we're going to close. He Finally, he says, I myself will bless them. This is not my blessing. I couldn't come up with words this good. This is God himself. So you say, well, you're going to bless me, Pastor, but can you really deliver on all that? I don't have to. Because God said himself, I'm going to do this one. I've got this. God wants to bless you. So when, when you come, and every Sunday when you receive this blessing, I want you to receive it knowing exactly what God is wanting to say and do in your life. He wants to help you. And if you are here today and you've been struggling with any of those soul diseases, those soul sicknesses, maybe you know someone, this blessing is for you. And if you're not struggling with it today, it might be you tomorrow. Know that God wants to bless you. If you want to receive this blessing today, would you stand with me? I want to pray this over you today in, in lieu of your pastor. But as the priest stood before the children of Israel, so I stand before you today. And at the end, because this was not a blessing from the priest, but from God, when the priest was done, the congregation would then turn and say, and to you also. So I'm counting on you to bless me today too, okay? All right. Place your hands up. Get ready to receive. May the Lord bless you and may he protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. May he put his name, the name of Jesus, on you. And you say? God bless you. I love you. Our team is going to come and worship for a moment.